I want to ask you one thing before you come with your comments, and I got a few questions I want to ask you. But this is this is a, might be a really super strange question, Lou. But I want to ask you this because mm-hmm. you spent twenty three years. Uh, was it twenty three years in prison? Twenty two. Yep, twenty three. Twenty three. Okay. You've been out officially now three months. Three months and two days. Three months and two days. All right, so here's my strange question, and then I got two questions I want to ask you that somebody texts me. Do you miss any of that? <laughs> I mean, you were there for 23 years. You got conditioned to certain things. I know that's crazy. Are you, is it anything you think you know, about? Like, you know what? It's not a crazy question. It's a great question. I'm going to tell you this. No, I'm going to tell you why. I made a decision about five years ago I was free. And that was when I made that full commitment, like you was talking about the ham and the egg. I became the ham, right. uh, preparing my preparing to leave, not just preparing to leave and getting the parole, preparing to leave and uh, uh, dealing with my crime with the state, but preparing to leave from a mental, spiritual, physical, extracting myself from all that jail crap. And I stopped hooping. I stopped running the fantasy football league. I stopped playing in the car tournaments. I stopped hanging out with the guys talking about uh, frivolous shit, you know, Kobe and LeBron. And everything became serious and a person. That's when my whole circle changed because my whole circle became like two or three guys I could actually talk to in prison. Everything else was through that phone. Everything else was through the phone. I stayed on the phone all day talking because my, my mind was on the street. And that was a five-year process. So I really... Truly, and this is the reason, and I was gonna, this is what I was going to get into, is about expectation and everybody got their own role. And you can't let somebody slow you down because they was trying to go 50 miles per hour and they had a crash and they always scared now 50 miles per hour. Maybe I'm built to go 80 miles per hour around the corner. Uh, so I've been out for, I only did 18 years. The last five, okay, I've been mentally, out. Mentally, you was out five last years five, ago before you got out. That's why I'm not. Okay. Like, right now, I feel like I've been out for years. I'm just, I was frustrated at first. I was frustrated about some stuff because time. That's the one thing you can't duplicate. Like, real-time action, you can practice all you want in the gym, but real-life game action, you can't duplicate the time. And at this point in the game now, the time is starting to, uh, my activity manager in the course of my 24 hours in a day is starting to become clear. I was telling about yesterday, I'm getting clarity now. Uh mm-hmm. And with that clarity, now it's going to start producing fruit. Uh, it was something played in the beginning when uh, I think it was the Les Brown. Les Brown, my hero. That's a bad boy. Anyway, I think he was talking about uh, when you, know, you are not. I was yesterday, and I heard Les Brown play in the background. I was going to say, is that Les? I could, I could hear it. Oh, yeah. I'd be Les. Les is, man, the way he, he's a masterful speaker. Man, I, man Les, bad boy. Uh, and his story is just, man. But anyway, that's a whole other story. You know, I get the bad one. Anyway. He was talking about when you are not, like, working in your gift, when you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing, it's death. It's death. You feel like it's, it's death. You you feel dead. The works you're doing are dead because this ain't what you're supposed to be doing. So I got the clarity now, and it's the simple thing. It's the basics. What I was talking to you about yesterday. But, uh, okay, so whatever. Let me, what, let what me ask you these stuff? couple of questions here right quick, and then we come back okay. to that. Uh, so, so he says, Tony, so do you think the solution is creating the skills to build it again, how to build it, or is the solution teaching people what to do with the money when they have a breakthrough? 
even though I wholeheartedly believe in reparations, I also believe that if and when reparations are paid out, the money would just be given right back to the white America, and the folks who were paid will continue to own one half and one percent of America's wealth. So I guess that question is to me, and, and Lou, you probably, you know, and I'm going to say that that's true, but you can't do anything about it. You can teach classes. You can show people what to do when the money comes, if we get reparations, and you can hope and pray that they use it. But there is another percentage of people who are ready for that. They're ready for the reparations money. They're ready to, to take it and build communities and restaurants and, and things. It, it's going to be some fools with it if if we get it. It'll be some fools with it that's going to just blow it, you know. And I'm sure, you know, if I got it, it might be some stupid stuff that I might. But I'm just saying it's a lot of people that are built and ready. All they need is the money to go do it. Now, some people say, yeah, that's me. Well, you don't know that until it happens. But I'm saying there's some people who are really, really. So I wouldn't say don't give us reparations because we're going to turn around and give it right back to the white folks, which is, hey, that that's you know that's that's all the stimulus check was. What you thought the stimulus check was? <laughs> as soon as you got that fifteen hundred dollars or that thousand, you went right out back and gave it to Walmart, gave it to whatever. So you gave it back to them anyway. That's why they the stimulus was to stimulate the country and stimulate the the business people. You gave you a little stimulation, but yeah, I mean, so to answer that, I would say it that way. Uh, but I think it's a question here. Well, you said the reason I asked is if it ties into the prison population. Um, unfortunately, America is 25% of the prison population, but only 5% of the global population. Why? Prisoners aren't taught how to stay out of the system. Uh, Lewis, can you request to stay in solitary confinement in prison if you don't want to deal with those levels? Can yeah. you do that? Yeah, you can check in. It's called checking in. Yeah, you can do that. And stay in solitary confinement forever. Now you got to give them a reason. It has to be like like you got people that got like hits on them, and uh, they beefing with a certain gang. The gang gonna kill them, or they didn't did something, stole some money or something, or they didn't kill somebody's family and they hadn't, or you know you didn't kill the police officer. And, well, you, it's got to be some type of uh, fear of your life because other than that, if you keep asking to be in solitary, they're gonna do a mental health evaluation on you. They're gonna put you on some type of dope because they're gonna say you're crazy. So he says, in other words, can a guy come in and say, I ain't dealing with no level, with level one or whatever levels, just lock me in solitary confinement for 23 hours, tell me when to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Can they do that? Yeah, but they, well, I'm they're going to put a, I mean, that's going to be short-lived. Now, if you go in, because you got guys that go in there for a couple days, you know, they got 18 days or three months. Yeah, you probably can get that off for 18 months. You can just keep going to the hole. You can, you know, keep this disrespecting the CO getting ro rolled up and they'll put you in the hole. But to ask for solitary confinement, they're going to want to know why because you've got to be being protected from something, from harming yourself or harming others or somebody harming you. So at the, at some point, they're going to think you're crazy because – Who would want to sit in a hole for 23 no, hours a day? Who would want to do that? I mean <laughs> – Check this out. Check this out. Because in, in the fear of the unknown, uh, fear is really unknown. It ain't even like we say the fear of the unknown. Fear comes from not known. Because if you were born and raised in a prison, this sounds crazy. Let's say you were born and raised in the prison. You lived in prison until you was 12. And then I told you 
I'm moving you to so-and-so neighborhood, Meadowbrook Creek Lane or something. And Meadowbrook Creek Lane is a suburb where everybody got a median income of $120,000. You would be fearful who's in people, who's going to be my friends, where I'm going to live in, where I'm going to eat, all my friends in prison. So just not knowing something is the fear. So who would not want to be around people? And, you know, when you get over your fear of the unknown and realize you don't know as much as you think you do, and really you don't know nothing. So everything is unknown. You gotta, mm-hmm. like, to, to take big risks, you gotta be dumb enough not to know no better. Who is that? I think my boy Napoleon Hill, when he said he started his magazine, and he ain't no shit. I'll be here, I'm sorry, my language. He didn't know mm-hmm. nothing. And he said, I didn't also have a million dollars of capital. I didn't also, I just started and was successful. I didn't, I didn't care. I was too dumb. <laughs> you know. He's too dumb to really. <laughs> Some people, we get to knowing too much, and we get too logical, because life is not logical. Life is not logical at all. We make all the sense. It's easy to sit back and say you want to be locked down for 23 hours until that happens because I know that can be mentally damaging. It also can help you because, like you said, I think at some point you start reading more. But if that was a part of your life for years, you could really damage yourself that way, right? Yeah, you'll be quiet. Hurricane, because to me, Denzel's best movie is Hurricane. Well, until you make Equalizer. I like Equalizer, too. But anyway, Mm -hmm. but Hurricane. In Hurricane, you see... Like the true kind of indoctrination of prison. Because remember when he first came, he wouldn't put the prison clothes on, and they put him in a hole. Mm -hmm. Now, in the hole, you saw what happened to him. Mm -hmm. And you see it didn't make sense because it's like people who sleep in their trouble away. Like you can't, all you do in the hole is sleep, and you can read some books, but then how are you going to apply it? You in the hole because you don't get access to the world. Until he couldn't get out of jail until he went in the population and got access to the world and was able to tell his story. So, like, I mean, yeah, you can go to the hole, but who would want to go to the hole? Wow. Like, who wow. wouldn't want to be around people? You need all your resources. You need people. <laughs> you need people well, yeah, COVID, COVID proved that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, but I got another question right quick. Somebody just texted me. And the question is, why do they transfer you to different level facilities? Often, does that have something to do with your behavior for you to get transferred? And is that good or a bad thing? Well, no, this is the thing. I was just, <laughs> mm. in the beginning of my uh, my incarceration, I was just a, uh, not a model citizen. So that's why I got transferred up and down so much. But the average person in the state of Ohio, in the state prisons, we don't get transferred that much. Now, like fed joints, they transfer them a lot. But we don't get transferred a lot. Like you got guys in the same. Not a model citizen. You mean you were fighting with everybody in there, or you was fighting with the security? No, I got in trouble. I got. I mean, when you get in a certain amount of trouble, it'll raise your security level. So trouble like what? Uh, trouble like what? With the knife, like violence, like you know, violence. They 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 don't they don't deal with violence. So um, you you didn't you weren't fighting anybody, but you had violent weapons that you shouldn't have, and they. Right, right. Okay. Because see, a shake is a, a is a threat to everybody. When they find weapons and things like that, because they like, okay, you can hurt one of our officers, our staff with this weapon. You know, this is a tool of destruction. This is this is not. And you created uh, that shake for what reason? To protect yourself or just to? Well, I, I'm still so you figure I'm two years off the street. My mentality on the street was I needed a weapon. A weapon is a tool of control. And this is what we all fight for, for control, to be actualized. So when you lack the tools mentally 
to be able to navigate through life, you start getting those hands-on tools. I'm going to show you example A. Two kids playing. You you let three two two or three three year olds start playing. You give them some toys. Sooner or later, they're gonna end up getting in a fight because they lack communication. They lack the understanding and empathy for each other. And one of the kids might hit the kid. The other kid might pick up his truck and bust the other kid in the head because they're trying to control the environment. It's the same thing that happens to a seventeen year old when they kids in prison. Exactly. Because the limited tools I had in my mind, I didn't have enough tools in the toolbox. That's the first thing that made my first parole board here. That man sat down. He, he looked at me, took his glasses off, rubbed his temples. He said, Mr. Fish, you just don't have enough tools. And that stuck with me throughout the rest of my life and about building tools, adding tools to the toolbox. And what he was talking about was executive functioning skills, emotional intelligence, uh, social intelligence, a uh, 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 bigger vocabulary, empathy. These are all tools you need to live to be able to control your environment, to be able to navigate through the adversities of life. So when you lack that, a gun is a good tool because now if anything happens, I can pull this gun out and I can control the room. Okay, that's, I'm in jail. That's, that, hold so on, that's what I was saying. Do? That's what I was saying to a young guy the other day that, you know, he has the tools of his vocabulary is great. And I said, you can't say that to certain people who don't have those tools because – you're going to make them fight you because if you say something that they don't know how to respond to, the only thing they know how to do is fight. Is that what you're saying? Like when you... Yeah. You back a rat up into a corner. A rat don't really want to fight, but if you back him up into the corner, he ain't got another choice. He's going to try to scratch your ass and he's going to try to get you. So you, you use what you have. So when you can think through things, you don't need those tools. So the knife was another tool of control. I'm trying to gain control of the situation. Like, when people rob people, the reason why people rob people with a gun is because they're scared. They ain't robbing not. That's not. Carrying a gun is not because you feel strong. It is because you feel scared. I believe it's coat. What box is that? I believe it's coat. Oh, it used to say on the side of be the equal to every man. That's why they made guns. You know, you don't come into a bank with a gun because you feel in control. You are trying to gain control. You know what I'm saying? The military has guns because their, their goal is to gain control. Policemen have guns because they're gaining control of whatever environment they come into. So guns, knives, these are tools and weapons of control. And they have a place and they have a time. The right. issue is when you're because dealing, you're dealing with, you, you're dealing hmm? with ignorance. And ignorance, only way they can deal with things is with the guns. Right. Like, so the, the right you have, have to come in there. I don't want to get too far into politics and stuff and offend nobody and all that because this is an on-and-on debate. The right to bear arms is one of the greatest tools and mechanisms of checks and balances that America has. It is one of the things that does make America a great country. It's the reason why they're not boarding you up in your house during the COVID and forcing you to take the vaccine because America has so many guns amongst their civilians. And the reason you have that right is that governments are corrupt. The founding fathers knew that, and they wrote that in. You have a gun. You can have guns so that the government go too far. You can make war and try to gain control back. <laughs> like, people don't know. That's why you have to write that Certain things they can't really do because they know eventually some people going to start pulling them guns out. So, <laughs> Like Hitler. Hitler happened because they didn't have enough guns. <laughs> if the Jews had guns, they would all be shot. Hey, no, 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 
Don't go too deep for him, Lou, because, you know, a lot of us still program. We still. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. 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 I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm um, let me see. Was it a good cause? You don't have it too. Oh, so so when you and it kind of like okay. So when you start reading more books, your vocabulary change, and so now it's almost like your patience change or your whole demeanor change. So now, before you just pop off and fight and go off, you could verbalize yourself and you could, you know, actually, you know, think about it and talk about it before. You were just ignorant and didn't. You just so a fight would just pop off, and that's why that's why it's happening now a lot in prison, because those people never, they've never grown. They just the, the only tools they have. See, you you got tools from the books, and your vocabulary changed. Those people don't have any tools because they're not doing that. It, so the only tools they have is to fight, right? Exactly, it's proven. It's a fact. Uh, because they do, you know, everything is algorithms and and, and uh. What not they add your age in with you with all your demographics. Forty year old black man with a college education. The chances of you committing a crime is like less than one percent. That's a proven algorithm. That's the reason why in prison when they start letting dudes get degrees, they they averaging your age and your education level. Your age and your education level have a lot to do with you getting released as far as parole. Because they judging your education level. This is the reason why you're going through this process of uh, these parole board hearings because they come and they want to. They want you to come back with more fruit. They want you to come back talking your perspective on life being different. This is why they ask you hypothetical questions. Hypotheticals are not real, but they are not stupid. Hypotheticals are to measure how you see yourself in the world. Because with a hypothetical question, all you can give me back is how you see yourself in the world. People don't realize that. That's the purpose of a hypothetical question. Like when you go on a job interview, because I do no job interviews now, you you do a job interview. They ask you, well, Mr. Fleming, uh, hypothetically, let's say you were in an elevator and it was you and one other person. There was only enough oxygen for one person and somebody had to sacrifice and not have any oxygen. What would you do? They know that's so they stupid. Check, they know that's impossible question. They're, what they're doing is they're forcing you to expose your heart. They're forcing wow. you to expose how you see yourself in the world. This is the purpose of hypotheticals. They're very powerful. I use them in my builders class because it shows people. I use a hypothetical of the raft. I say, okay, we all in class. Say, everybody lift your hands up. We're carrying this raft. We don't know where we got to go through, but we know where we're headed. We can see that big mountain in the sunshine. That's our goal, and we walk it. So I said, we get to the water. We use the raft. We go across. So now I said, we got a boat. Everybody, tell me what you think. How long do we continue to carry the raft? In one class, one class, little white dude, we got on my jacket, two on the way up in here. One class, one dude had the self-actualized answer. Everybody said, well, I don't know. Depending on what y'all want to do. Uh, okay, you depend on other people. You wait on your neighbor. Like E.T. said, you waiting on the guy next door to do something for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you should be through with the raft because it's too heavy. Okay, that's one thought. It's too heavy. So now when life gets heavier, you show me yourself. Why do you say, since we've seen the red, we got the red, we can just make another one. That's the answer. That's life. When you look at life like that, we can recreate it. 
We can it don't, it don't matter. We can figure it out. Because that's what he was saying. I believe we can figure things out. Now, he turned out to be he was in jail for making bombs. He was one that he had a mind like <laughs> But he's the only dude out of all my classes. He's the only dude that had that answer. And that's what we started talking and whatnot. But anyway, you know what? He, he you, know what? you know, I'm going to tell you something, too. That why question, it also shows where you are mentally. It shows yeah. where you are. If you keep asking why and the people get frustrated, it shows where you are. Mentally. People worry too much about stuff that you can't control no way. And when you live in the reality, you know, like, because nothing come off, how it's supposed to come off. We talked about that. Yeah. When you plan these nothing, things, nothing, no goals. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I'm saying no goals. A lot of times the goals that you plan for don't come off at the same time. Like, if you plan to be rich in two years it might be four years but how do you handle yourself when that goes down or well, my you know is, how do you do you quit right then and say well this ain't gonna work for me or do you figure out other ways that you can try to make it work or again uh, that that why thing if i keep asking you that lou and you start getting pissed to me is saying that your level of thinking and your mind your your, your thought process is not at a at a point where it shouldn't bother you as much, right? Or if you do that, well, the why question should bother you, though. Now let's think about this, because it's levels of communication, and you're going to communicate. No, I'm talking about bother level. you with your. I'm talking about bother you with a response, not bother you. Because it well, bothers okay, me when, I, when somebody say that because it makes me think, damn, how far am I? But it doesn't bother me with a response like I don't want to hear that no more. Have you have you ever talked to somebody that's like oblivious? Like they're not even like y'all not even engaged in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like you talking, but they're not engaged because they're not. So if you ask somebody why about something serious, like this, this should either bring out, um, uh, you know, some type of depth or understanding from the individual, or it should frustrate them because they should understand at least what you're asking them. So if I ask you why. About something. Okay, you ask a young lady. Okay, you're 24. Why do you have five kids, sweetheart? And she just did. That's scary. Because well, it means you don't even talk to me what I'm saying to you. You say she can't answer that? Me. Huh? You say she's dead because she can't answer that? I mean, she don't even understand what I'm asking. See this? Hmm. See, when you, when you unlearn, you realize, cause, and this is why social services don't work, is because you're giving a person a bunch of applications and forms to fill out that's going to take all this time and all this comprehension and understanding. And then on top of that, all the services, the so-called social services that the government offers you are designed to keep you in poverty. You will never become wealthy taking the social services from the government, welfare and all these types of subsidized housing, all that, you will never become wealthy in that arena because that's not what it is. It's a system designed for a certain thing. So when you couple that with the undereducated, dropped out, you got a, a sister. She even went through a rough life. For whatever reason, she's 24 with five kids. And you ask her why. You hope, you hope that she argue. You hope that she try to, uh, justified that she's trying to argue because at least she's saying I understand what you're asking me 
but because I don't have the answer or I'm ashamed of the answer, I'm going to fight you on it. What did the Bible say? He said, I wish he was either hot or cold, but not in this, you know, not in between. So I can't do nothing with that. But if you ask her that and she's like, oh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? <laughs> you ain't got no answer. And see, that's that. And this is the thing. We missed that. You'll be talking to somebody. You don't realize they went dead on you because they're not even engaged. They don't even hear what you're saying. And this is what I wanted to get into when we was talking about when you understand your ability to accomplish is your greatest thing. Like in sales, y'all do sales. In anything you do in life. When you know that you can accomplish something, when you know that you have mastered a certain area in your life, I ain't talking about you to master it for the world. You can only master something for you. You can master it for you. You understand it for you. And you know you can handle it. You can do that. That is a confidence and a freedom like none other. And this is and should be the goal of child rearing. It should be the goal of education is mastery. Mastery of the individual self, not mastery of the world. I don't even know all the stuff in the world. For instance, this is a, this is a battle that I'm going through now. Well, that says a battle. It's, it's, it irks me. Everyone believes, well, not everyone, but most people, oh, you need to do this. You need to learn that. You need to know that. No, I don't. If it's not pertaining to books of bruises, interpersonal development, trauma and literacy, and the build of this program, I don't need to know it. I don't need to memorize it. I don't need to know if, if, if uh, Market Street runs south here. That's just information. That's frivolous information. I don't need to know. And people get distracted. Man, I feel everything is so much clearer now because I, I, I went back to my bed. I went back to how I got the pro five years ago, and I said I'm going to be free. And I cut all the distractions out. I cut all the distractions. I didn't give a damn who the CO was. I didn't care if they changed count. They, they blinked the light. If they blinked the light, I know the move. I don't need to know none of that because it's a waste of my time. And distractions is the reason why you can't focus. you got to take distractions away. And all distractions aren't like the devil trying to get you or this person is negative. It could be a good distraction. You know, a person wants to take, go, go to the movies. Your family wants to come over for dinner. I don't have time. Because it's a distraction to the focus of the purpose in hand. And that's how you become successful. Your expectation must be to that which you have committed yourself to. And that commitment is a commitment to death, like the hand. you got to all be all in. And that means everything else got to be sacrificed, relationships, feelings, all that. And only a person that has been successful understands that. That's why you see all rich, they lose their wife usually. Debate and get divorced. It, it happens because I don't have time. You ain't gonna have. You don't have time for a wife to chase right, that's, billions that's, of dollars. That's how. Yeah, that's how when people say, you know, you hear it all the time that the winners. It ain't no balance. You can't balance. You gotta just you go. Yeah, because you gotta have some balance in your life. You're not having fun. You're not going on vacations. You're not doing. You're not doing this with your. But you can't be a winner. And have that. But people will swear to you who never had success that you have to have that. And you're saying that's not the case. Because you don't talk to nobody that's been successful that has that. It's very, very few people. Very few people. And this is the other thing about family life anyway. You can't judge how good a husband you are or a father you are. Only your kids and your wife can judge that. Because it depends how they feel. It depends how they see themselves in relationship to you in the, the, uh, the office that you're supposed to be holding. You feel like you had a good doctor or a bad doctor. I might say, this is a great doctor. You go to him like, dude, sucks. So a doctor can't tell you he's a great doctor. Only how he makes his patients feel and the outcomes of his patients 
uh, response to him, is he a good doctor? Are you a good father? Are you a good husband? Your wife's got to tell us that. That's why a kid could be in a household with a dad that is never there, but that kid still loves that dad because it's how he operates with them. But see, somebody else would say, well, he ain't never exactly. here, so I ain't, you know, yeah, and, wow. And this is part of, now the brother was talking about the reparations and all that, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting the reparations. But when you talk about the mind, the, 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 the mental miseducation of the human being, not just black folks, where does the idea come from? that I got to be this and have that. It comes from sales. It comes from the economy. It comes from marketers that need to sell and wrap you around in a package because if you don't believe that family looks like this, you won't go and dump 20% more than what you can afford during December. Well, you know what I'm saying? See, see I, I just said that, that everything goes back to our self-esteem level and the society program us to believe that we need more, 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 just so you can have a higher self-esteem. And that's not the case. But that's what we're fed, and we go for it. And so that's why I say everything goes back to our self-esteem or how we feel about ourselves. If we feel about ourselves, if we feel a lot better about ourselves, a higher self-esteem, it's a lot of things we'll never even think about it doesn't bother us to have or not, you know, or to want. But society has a way of making us feel like it's never enough. I mean, you got you got to keep getting, you know, you, if you ain't got this toy or you ain't got this thing or you ain't got these clothes, if you ain't got, you ain't eating at this restaurant, if you ain't, that's fed to us every day. And if you fall for that, that's based on how you feel about yourself.